You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. And this week's topic is fostering natural resilience and managing forests to reduce wildfire risk, plus an IPSS update. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Great to be here. Good morning, Monkin. Now, Margareta, air pollution is off the charts in many major urban centers right now as wildfires occur across North America. What's really happening that's causing New York to have some of the worst air quality anywhere in the world? Well, North America is being hit by a veritable double whammy right now, the combination of climate change and uh, extreme weather events hitting us at once. But we also have a buildup of uh, fuel in decadent forests, and uh, that's a result of decades of, of policies respect to forest management. Uh, as many people know, in the forestry sector, wildfires today, at least are partially a part of the natural cycle. Uh, and uh, for millennia, First Nations across this continent uh, practiced a uh, form of management that included controlled burns uh, and active management. And uh, Europeans came along, you know, uh, said timber value was the <laughs> top priority, and effectively in many places made it illegal to burn these decadent forests that have a pileup of very, very old, often diseased trees. And that's certainly the case in British Columbia. And today, unfortunately, we are paying the price for aspects of that uh, approach over the last couple of decades that suppress wildfires. So fuel has built up in the forests, and when conditions are right, and they certainly are with the average increase in temperature we're seeing as a result of climate change, uh, we get what's happening right now and affecting uh, air quality in provinces like Ontario, uh, New Brunswick, elsewhere uh, across the country, and of course, uh, going into the United States. Uh, but uh, of course, while uh, climate is absolutely changing, and uh, that is uh, human caused, uh, caused by activities, including the consumption of energy products that uh, do lead to an average increase in global temperature, uh, is certainly not the only factor. And in fact, we're seeing some sizable efforts right now to exploit this really, really unfortunate, tragic situation um, in order to advance uh, anti-North American uh, energy development policies. And uh, that's in stark contrast to what many experts see as the most sensible approach to reducing global emissions overall, which is exporting cleaner burning fuels like liquefied natural gas to growing economies that are currently dependent on coal. And uh, that's certainly what Premier David Eby discovered in his uh, recent Asia trip. Uh, the reason why Japan and South Korea are desperate for LNG from Canada. They want to be better climate citizens, and we can empower them by getting Canadian LNG product across the Pacific. And the worst situation, and that would actually be us rather selfishly keeping our gas and forcing those countries to continue to use vast amounts of coal. Uh, and I think that's an unthinkably wrong approach uh, to contemplate at this moment, uh, given the climate crisis situation. Um, and overall, it's, I think, positive that, that there's recognition that I. Uh, there's not only one way to solve this, but a mix of approaches that are required to get to better climate outcomes across the board. What's a sensible approach to forest fire mitigation and management in the current environment? Well, it's a continuing part of what we're seeing, uh, which is uh, increased investments in emergency response. Uh, better mapping and uh, LIDAR technologies are actually a big part of the solution here, understanding it to the forest, uh, which strands, um, you know, are for cultivation, which ones are disease and potentially a high risk of uh, wildfire, and uh, active wildfire prevention, including controlled burns. Uh, but what we hear from forestry experts, uh, particularly those familiar with uh, the forests in British Columbia, is that uh, we do actually need to respond to some of the nuance and actually manage the forests in a more active form. Otherwise, Mother Nature will do it for us. 
uh, whether we like that or not. And uh, that's actually what Murray Wilson, our registered uh, forestry professional, now retired uh, from Vernon, said, um, that that could be uh, a way of uh, renting wildfires uh, rather than, you know, just, he said, locking up the land base and uh, thinking that it's going to stay the same, uh, but rather he's thinking to recognize the forest change over time and they need active management. Um, and as I said, that's something that uh, First Nations and Indigenous peoples and communities have practiced for a very, very long time. Uh, and if you get the forest uh, getting too old or too dense, uh, they're, you know, often sick, they're susceptible to fire, and also less efficient over time in storing carbon. Um, so that is a major challenge that does need to be addressed and um, certainly gives us some room for thought and uh, improvement. Before we wrap up, would you please give us a quick recap on your Indigenous Partnership Success Showcase conference last week? Yeah, it was a culmination of months and months of work, uh, in fact, almost a year of worth of efforts on our team side. Uh, and, you know, we've worked with so many to deliver this. that they a core team, probably about 10 or 15, um, you know, spanning across uh, many providers, uh, many producers and, and folks who set in the content. So say I was working with about 50, 60 people to really pull it off uh, towards the end. But uh, we affected directly 1,200 attendees. Uh, that's across the two-day conference and the dinner. Uh, we had about 80 speakers, uh, two major funding announcements, one from TELUS, a uh, partnership with the Niska Nation, and uh, one with the federal government uh, making announcements on uh, new relationship trust and also uh, BC, uh, the First Nations Technology Council. Um, so very, very significant input in our response. We also had a good amount of content being covered. Uh, there was a fairly sizable panel on the future of aquaculture off the coast of British Columbia. And there's some chatter on social media about that. Uh, we're hearing it in a much more direct form than we have in the past from First Nations who are really, really uh, fans of the opportunities and the poverty reduction and the wellness uh, improvements that this major source of employment and activity has brought to their communities. They believe that uh, it is entirely wrong-footed for the government to, uh, on one hand, talk about uh, its approach to reconciliation, on the other, uh, make decisions that effectively ban uh, responsible licensed salmon farming activities off the coast of British Columbia. So that was a fairly new development, and I'd say a very significant one. Uh, we heard a number of interesting stories about the urban land um, space and uh, what's happening to indigenize Vancouver's built environment. Uh, there's some exciting work that Vancouver Community College is doing in partnership with local indigenous artists and architects and designers uh, to really advance a vision for public space that uh, far surpasses anything we've seen in the past. We had a great panel on youth leadership, uh, bringing together some phenomenal leaders from across the country to talk about their vision for uh, youth leadership and representation in the Canadian, Canadian economy and in politics. And uh, that's a space I'm really quite keen to be following and I anticipate we'll be hearing a lot more about. And I think to round it all off, we just had a beautiful cultural show. Uh, we had a fashion show, uh, Richard, after, I believe, 14 years of Haida designer Dorothy Grant, an award-winning fashion designer. Uh, we partnered with Supernatural Modeling, which is an all-Indigenous agency that uh, really offers some spectacular talent a good number of amateur models as well were included in the show. And uh, overall, it was a phenomenal performance during the dinner, which was all capped off uh, by a performance by Joey Styles, returning artist, award-winning hip-hop artist, who was on Haida Gwaii. So really, really excited by 
the events was waking up and it's been really making the case clear that it's not just about business business, it's about business and culture. And if you're really set, setting out to indigenize the business environment, you need to be doing it with an eye to integration of culture, respect, appreciation, and really pathways to indigenization through that. So that's an exciting thing to celebrate and we're really looking forward to next year. So what is next for 2024? Well, the plan for now is to keep the space at the Vancouver Convention Center. Uh, I have reason to believe there's a little bit more capacity that we can fit in there. So, you know, trying to grow the impact and the scale. At this point, we're starting out our content development journey once more, uh, just getting a little bit of a mental break in the next week, and then off we go to start planning out next year's conference and seeing what kind of ambitious topics we want to cover off. You know, we talk a lot about natural resources in this segment, you and I, but our conference is about so much more than that. Uh, really, really exciting the uh, leadership and advancements in economic reconciliation that we're seeing from within resource industries and far beyond, whether it's finance, telecommunications, land development, construction, and many, many more. So I'll be listening very carefully, watching my inbox for people as they reach out and just trying to get a sense of where the pulse is at. There's been a huge paradigm shift in the last couple of years since we started doing this. When we first had our conference, in January 2020, just before the pandemic, it was a very different time. And I'm really excited to see what we can accomplish, having you know built up this momentum, gotten this attention, this uh, level of interest from media, and many, many stories to come right here uh, coming out of uh, conversations that happened on our stage last week. So I'm excited to, to see where it takes us, but I hope to be announcing some dates in the coming weeks. Margareta, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Thanks so much, Karen. Have a good one.